0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and welcome to Shindig Broadcast Volume 9. Sitting here today with Phyllis Stein. Hello
1: everybody, how are we doing?
0: Andy Morton is disposed of, on holiday. Um, It is summertime, so I presume some of you are on holiday, or have been on holiday. And what's in the new issue, Phil?
1: Well, it's the usual good stuff. Um, We're going to play some tracks now, from the bands that are featured in it. What should we kick off with today?
0: I think we'll start off with Powder, Magical Jack, because we played The Who last Mm, issue. We did. And um, Powder, for those of you who know, are an LA band that are entirely and utterly in awe of The Who. So this is Magical Jack. And uh, as an aside, Alec Paolo, who we have 20 questions with in this issue, is playing in the rejuvenated lineup of Powder. So this one goes out to you, Alec. Enjoy.
2: I try and I try, I try and I try, I try to bring him down, try, though I end up clown, try, though it's all in vain, he'll turn my sunshine into a
0: Jacked by Powder. Three in a row to follow from three massive bands that are featuring in the current issue. First up is Pride of Man from the 1968 debut Quicksilver Messenger Service album. To follow, Rotary Connection, I Am The Black Gold Of The Sun, probably their most influential and most well-known track. And it is a corker. And uh, to end this trio, is The Garden of Earthly Delights, by the equally influential on later bands, United States of America.
3: Willows Twisted and bright
0: Scandinavia and England. First up we've got the youth, Bubblegum, the Maharaja's split personality and then at the end of these three, the great, the wonderful, the very nice Paul Messus and his later single, Nightmares. Okay, well, just to go back through those again, that was the youth, Bubblegum, the Maharaja's split personality, and our old friend, Paul Messis, Nightmares. Now, um, I'm yet to have seen the youth play live, and I must admit, this is the first time today I've actually listened to them after reading your little interview with them. Just tell me a bit about these uh, Danish lads and, you know, what, what you think about where they're coming from and how they come across.
1: Well, they're part of this rejuvenated beat scene where it's 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 not just garage; it's it's R and B as well. And they, you know, they're kind of mixing up a few different worlds: the beat world, the R and B world, the punk world. They're in suits, but they've also got beards. They're very full of energy. It's kind of like you know what kids' music should be, really. But you do know? you
0: think the beards? Me sitting here looking like some beach bum from 1969, quite intentionally. Do you think? The beards they wear is in sort of a homage to say Dick Taylor and the sort of beatnik pretty thing type thing. Or do you think that they have come from indie music and they haven't gone all the way into 60s fashion and they've got beards? Or do you think it is trying to give it the Dick Taylor '64 look? I guess we have to ask them. I
1: would have to ask. Them. I what, didn't what, ask them in that interview. I didn't really feel the need to ask them about their beards.
0: But Manfred Mann, Dick Taylor. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of them. It's quite possible. It could
1: just be that it beards are a, are a thing like these days. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. But um, so they're,
1: they're, they're not.
0: They're not. They're not entirely retro like a lot of bands do things by numbers. I mean, the sound is, but they're, they're not no, trying they're to personify. A, as, a,
1: as they say in the article, they're a party band and it's a high energy music, and it just so happens that they love beating garage, you know, and they're they're, in, they're interested in in that kind of that high energy sound, and they really are a force to reckon with on stage. And it's just great that they've got the album out now, and they've got a few singles coming out too. And it's just, it's just they just, they just everyone should just listen to them because they're, they're you know, if you like that sort of, you know. Well, that's, um, it's, it did.
0: It sounded really good. and Who's
1: wailing, beat, garage. Then you're going to love them, you know.
0: And it is making a bit of a, a resurgence with a, a slight different new lick of paint, as you say. The mm. band who haven't got a lick of paint and. Unfortunately, they've all got a little bit older and they could do with it, Jens is uh, The Maharajas. They've got yes. a new album coming out, which is great. More in the power pop mode. But I've chosen a track of um, Impure Spike, which came out in the mid-2000s, Split Personality. They're Swedish. And again, they've got that beat sound. And I, I remember reading in, um, I think it was a rock magazine, about the Scandinavian retrieval of the past. You know, there's all these bands like Graveyard, Horizon, etc. and they all get that 70s rock thing off pat. If a band's going for a beat band sound, they get it off pat. It seems to be the Scandi bands are very schooled in listening and putting their own spin on it. And um, the Maharajas, of course, come from a background that goes right back to the 80s when, when Jens was in Crimson Shadow, was the Stomach, Mouth, High Speed 5. Um, and Matthias, one of the greatest singers, I think, in the last 30 years, was in the legendary 90s garage band, The Strollers. Um, and, and they they're keeping playing that music alive, as it were, but they're also going into some punk, some power pop, some beat ballads. But it, it's nice to hear... Split personality next to the youth bubblegum. Split uh, personality being the Maharaja's song. There's a kind of semblance mm-hmm. going on.
1: You can see, look at the... Joining the dots is...
0: Joining the dots and it's valve amps and, and melody and high-octane stuff. And whether then or now, I, I still don't hear enough of that. And it just seems to be that Scandinavia can be the place... It burns. There's never enough music that just you know
1: rattles speakers and it comes out. You can never have
0: enough of that. No. And we can't leave out Paul Masser. No, I can't. I mean, he does. You said to me earlier, Paul, if you're listening, that the Alalars have got something of his sound. And Paul's been doing this stuff for absolute years. And the ears of the NME mojo-reading masses are, I think, probably keener to listen to that kind of. Very forlorn uh, balladry of of the garage band era.
1: Yeah, clean guitars, reverb. You know, you don't normally associate that with most of the kind of new so like new garage sounds around today. But both, both Paul and bands like Alala's seem to have uh, brought it back to the and forefront. The, and the and the, Clare's and they, they, who've got an album, and the, and an album to play. There's
0: there's there's quite a bit of it about. But uh, Paul doesn't go out on the road, but he makes these wonderful videos. And so if anybody out there in uh, Shindig broadcast land is unaware of Paul Messers just go to to YouTube and do a search he's made about 3 or 4 videos and my god he doesn't look happy but then listening to nightmares why would he? Okay, let's move on
4: This travel on of so maybe next year places as a trade-in for a name upon the door and he pays for it with years he cannot buy back with his tears when he finds out there's been no one keeping score and he thought he heard the echoes of a penny whistle band and the last From a distant caravan And the brightly painted line of circus Wagons in the sand Fading through the door into summer Yes, he thought he heard the echoes Of a penny whistle band And the laughter from a distant caravan circus wagons in the sun fading through the door into
3: summer
4: It's the same old circle You see It's got to be It says right here on page Forty-three you should grab a hold.
0: never hear enough music like that in the next issue of shindig we are having something of an LA special I won't disclose too much at this moment in time although of course you can read about it in the back of the current magazine but anyway that three in the row you've just heard was of course love in the city by the ever excellent the turtles followed by the brilliant monkeys and the door into summer to close we had page 43 by Crosby and Nash
3: Sounds from today. Oh, 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 oh.
5: home.
0: Black Angels and, and White Fence, High Class Woman by Blue Pills as their new single from the album, which we write about in the new issue. It's had like 45,000 YouTube hits. I think They're we a noticed. Popular band, they are. I mean, this this is a, and funny enough. Earlier on in the show, we were talking about Scandinavian bands. Here we are, Swedish band. Okay, two members are American, one's French, but but based out there in Sweden. And um, this is just sort of Janis Joplin blues rock, something I, I really love. Um, and, and it's also that the kind of heavy metal crowd have also softened up somewhat in the way that the indie crowd listened to Alalars. the heavy metal crowd will quite happily listen to some very purist late 60s blues rock and take that as their own. And I mean, this is a band, you know, they, they, they look great, they play really, really well, that could actually make some kind of waves. But they're a total Shindig band, you know. Yeah, they completely. talk about Fleetwood Mac, you know, the, the blues era. That's what they're into, Janice Joplin. So yeah, another Swedish band, and bang on. Uh, and then we've got um Black Angels, the flop, and White Fence, two two new bands. Obviously, one of an exceptional level of very rapid fame, as it were. Uh, and uh, Tim Presley and White Fence. So um, let, let's talk about them a bit. Yeah, we both, both got new albums out. Uh, the
1: Black Angels album, I've given a. A bit of a harsh review to this issue. I don't think it's up to their usual standards. I think they they might be going through a. You think uh, it's
0: a bit kind of piecemeal put together? Uh, yeah.
1: I wasn't sure what. It's a kind of mini. It's a mini album EP thing, seven tracks, and I don't think it, it, it does themselves any justice, considering how great their proper albums are. And the, but the flop is a good track. It's by far the best track on the album, as far as I'm concerned. And I we should play. We played that for, for that reason. But you know the thing about the Black Angels is even when they're bad, they're good. You know, they're that, they're that good, they've got like high quality standard. Yeah. And it's great to see them, every time an album comes out, they get bigger and bigger, and they play bigger venues and it's just it's just good old fashioned hard work, great music, equal success with them.
0: And they, I, I, I guess, came out of that kind of um, Black Rebel motorcycle, you know, before that was spiritualised. It's been these bands that, obviously, to use the term again, homage, the likes, particularly of the Thirteenth of Elevators, for the Black Angels, who are a token Texas psych-influenced band, but also the Velvet Underground, and also some of the sort of darker '80s drone psych things. But, but what do you think's taken the Black Angels to a sort of slightly higher level than the rest?
1: I think the songs—they are, they are great musicians, and they they've got a particular sound that. It's now being replicated by other bands on yeah, the yeah. scene, but they were there first, you know, in the mid-noughties, you know. That,
0: that, yeah, that's right. I mean, they were doing this before I mean, the they, new site... And before they, well, they, site. they helped
1: create the new cycle they because the Austin, Austin Sight like,
0: And know. someone who's played that is, of course, Tim Presley as White Fence. Now, Tim's this kind of other side of the fence from the Black Angels, as it were. He, he's been in um, sort of psychedelic drone bands earlier on, and now he goes... He, well. Now, he's made a multiple amount of albums, which you can read about in the previous issue. But on his latest, which I think is great for those recently found innocent, it's produced by Ty Segal. Yes, it is. Who um, who Tim has had a sort of ongoing relationship with. And what I find particularly interesting about both Ty and Tim as, um, as White Fence is that it's a UK psych. I mean in this album there's, there's elements of Sid Barrett, July, um, it, it's a very, the Who, it, it's a sort of psychedelic from American ears mm. thing, you've got some quicksilver messenger service type guitar things, it, it's very different than the, the other bands in that terrain but it's also not the old mod club do it by numbers because it's a little bit more depressing, a little bit more dirtier and lo-fi so it would get sold to the Pavement fans, but to my ears, what do I hear? 60s UK psychedelia.
1: <laughs> but done with a singular vision, Yeah, which is Tim Tim's voice. You know. Yeah,
0: uh, it's, it's great. So, um, you know, it, I, I, with Shindig, let's wave the flag for the kind of bands like the Black Angels and White Fence, because they're putting their own spin on it, and it's great that people are putting a spin on 45 to 50-year-old music still, and there's a crowd of younger people coming through for it. The only thing is they've all got to buy shindig, all of these listeners, haven't they? Yes. Both of those tracks are in relation to little pieces in the current issue, that was David Bowie and Feathers with the wonderfully un-Bowie title of ching ling and Smoke Dream of Dreams.
6: Some have refused to say Oh, do you think That you know my name With a songbird Somehow sweetly sing The sun Sun i Battles built on doom All your standards All lies shattered now Neat the portals of my room And the wall.
0: heard there, Towns Van Zant, Wonderful Hunger Child Blues, which is uh, featured on the new Country Country Funk uh, volume, number two just out now on uh, Light in the Attic and receiving a splendid review in Shindig issue 41 but uh, Andy and I conversely spoke in the brand new Ed Banger's column about Dig That Underground Sound. Um, In itself, uh, a decent three CD collection on Rhino of Garage and Psych. Um, I argue not done particularly well. Um, And this column, the magazine's only been on the shelves a couple of days, has already had an amazing response from label people and readers. Now, a letter running in the next issue from Dupe, from Holland, um, picked up on my criticism against the CD format being something that's, that's dated really, really quickly and being inferior to vinyl, just as I constantly wave the flag of buying sillyly expensive old vinyl because it has character, right? It's, it's it's not that CDs are bad. Um, I mean, Light in the Attic do all of their comps on both vinyl and CD. So you can go and get country funk as a, a double vinyl. But uh, I think when they do it on CD, like this, Phil, we're looking at it, in a, in a sort of paper digipack with a, a booklet which is festooned with record sleeves and liner notes. It kind of creates an impression um, and and also I think the the sequencing of a modern day compilation it has to be done properly like Country Funk you've got Dolly, Dolly Parton on there it is the worst track on it but you, you've got Dolly on there you've got huge names like Hoyt Axton and JJ uh, Cale and Kenny Rogers in the first edition but it it's it's done like a DJ set, where it all really, really fits together. And it's not that scene is bad, is it? It's how they're done.
1: No, it's really hard to put a compilation together and know and know the best way of, of what your target market is and how to present it to them. And It seems to me now, you, the market says you really have to do CD vinyl and a download, and if you don't do one of those, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot, really. Yeah. Uh, it is frustrating when you see certain records only get a vinyl release or only get a CD release because you're basically, you're doing a half ass job really when you yeah. think about it because you're missing out on potential buyers and people get so passionate about the format they prefer that you you, you really need to please everybody as much as you can. They
0: do, and I'm not gonna belittle say Rhino and their, and their new miniature box sets but sometimes when it would be say like the monkeys or the electric prunes and you've got the albums shrunk down to such a minuscule size that you need a magnifying glass to to read the packaging, I surely think you do a small pressing on quality vinyl, like Reiner have done with Fleetwood Mac, um, and you're going to get the key audience by that on record. If it's it's a, a reproduction, it's much better to have it on a nice vinyl and spend 25 quid than get it on a CD for six or seven quid.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're doing a... Reissue of an album, and you've got loads of bonus tracks and stuff. You're kind of forced, really, into doing a CD because the physical space on the CD is much bigger than a record. Which is
0: exactly what Alec Paolo says, and I With know. With the
1: seeds or the Music yeah. Machine, I mean, you don't really want to buy the Music Machine album's got 49 tracks on exactly. it. that's a what fourth,
0: three or four? Be a quadruple album, yeah, wouldn't
1: which it? Is just silly. And
0: I've got those albums from their 90s incarnations reissued on vinyl. I've got all the seeds on the old GMP Crescendo 80s ones. And, OK, it's not the original 60s one, but you've got the album as it is. But with, say, Alec in here, in this issue, and he backs this up, the, the, the medium for back catalogue is actually very good on the CD, when you can have that little booklet and you can get two CDs packed. And the, 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 the music that it's packed up with, the kind of demos and the odds and ends, you might not necessarily want to play again and again and again, but it's good to hear, to sort of back up the actual album. Whereas if you only get the album, you've just got a reproduction. I mean, I personally find with a lot of this that I do like those tracks to hear once, but it's the album you go to, you go back to. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you've got the time and you're, you're passionate about an album, you're probably going to want to listen to it on vinyl, certainly uh, people in our world. But the thing to remember with vinyl as well is, okay, right, it is going through this great research and popularity, and if you look at bar charts and graphs, you see in magazines and websites saying, vinyl sales up, et cetera, percentage and stuff, you still have to look at it as percentage of sales overall, and it yeah. still only accounts at about 2% of sales. So remember, the CD is still the king. Yeah. Uh, now, digital might stop CD being king in the next five and to ten Spotify years. And Spotify might
0: stop download being king. Well,
1: even so. So everything's got to be kept in perspective.
0: Well, it has. And I think that the secret is, is, is Dupe makes this common, and Alec Paolo makes this common, is you buy an expensive reissue, and it's mm. taken from a digital source. Mm. It's absolutely ridiculous. You, you, you're much better off of the CD, but if it's mastered properly and done really, really well, and there are a lot of records, I won't sort of, um, put favouritism on any one reissue company, but most of the ones doing it properly are doing it properly, yeah. and it's absolutely brilliant. You listen to the Sunday's uh, Left Bank, there you go, I've just gone and dropped a, a company name, and, uh, and they sound great. Uh, and, yeah, and Bob you... Irwin's remastered it specifically for vinyl. You
1: have to master for vinyl, you can't. Just do one master. No. You need to do it for each format. So,
0: but if it's badly done, it's a waste of space and money because they are expensive. And likewise, this CD box set we discussed, dig that Underground Sound. We Andy and I came up with the conclusion that there are some very rare pieces on there that most people might have heard once or twice, but aren't scattered across that many compilations or very expensive singles. Rather than three CDs in a an old brittle um, CD jewel case. A fair which can hold three CDs. It's a little box, mm. plastic box, one vinyl, 12 tracks. You know, we don't need all those lovely electric prunes tracks. that has been on so many nuggets comps over the years. Just focus on the cream and you'll sell 3000 of those. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it for that.
1: That's definitely that's definitely preferable. I think these labels feel they've got the back catalogue of these artists and they must exploit them at every opportunity yeah. can sometimes be counterproductive
0: though, as we're finding with this CD. Yeah, no, I think so. So that was Ed Bangers, and he wasn't here, but I think we summed up exactly what we were talking about, and sorry, I've left email on dinging away in the background, but um, as an example of really excellent contemporary compiling skills you really can't get any better than the country funk songs. I mean, I think Towns Van Zandt's excellent anyway, but there'll be a number of artists on these kind of compilations where you buy that one album in a charity shop for one quid, it's got one good song on, this is the kind of crate diggers where that track gets chosen for a CD comp. You wouldn't necessarily want album on, a, on album of such artists, but it's really well curated, and um, I think compilations like that are great. And speaking of world...
1: Uh, of well-created compilations it's quite exciting to see that the Back from the Grave series is back uh, end of this year Crypto releasing volume 9, 10, 11 he spent Tim has spent years on this yes and the packaging looks amazing and you're getting multiple brilliant and
0: but Tim if you're listening I absolutely detest your liner <laughs> notes it's a throwback to the punk era but of course it came so shortly after the punk era but in doing Shindig this could be the next um This could be the next headbangers. I've tried to eradicate that kind of narrow-minded, if it's not made before 66 in Idaho, and if it's got a bloke with a moustache in its utter shit. No, it's not. Okay, well, we're gonna play out with, can bring me coffee or tea? great feature in the new issue to uh, indulge yourselves in. And you know what? These are a band that I've got to go out and buy these first three or four albums. Can't believe it. haven't done so yet. Okay, well, summer's here. Must get out and play. Time to say goodbye.
6: Goodbye.
0: Bye-bye.